So this morning, as we get into the message, um, let's just pray first, actually. So Lord God, we just ask that you would come, that you would speak to us. We thank you, Father, for uh, that you are here and that you, it is your desire to speak to us. So I ask right now that you would just soften our hearts to you and that we would hear from you this morning and that we would walk away changed. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to just share with you, as this being December 31st, the last day of the year, share with you some of the things that God did here in this house during this last year. And I think we have a graphic that we have to share. Yes, there we go. And it shows that this last year we had 63 people get baptized. 645 people either gave their life to Christ for the first time or rededicated their life whether it was their first time or they at one point uh, walked away and they came back to know him. It was so, so amazing. We had 132 new families come to this church. 48 people decided to become members. We now have 205 volunteers. That is amazing. We have 30 small groups going. And uh, the average attendance now is, if I'm doing my math right, 475 between uh, kids and adults. And then you can see the numbers there of what, we, what you guys gave. You're so generous as a church. What we gave towards missions and towards building improvements. And those building improvements were the floor, the kitchen, and what, oh, did we do the roof this? No, the, the uh, parking lot. So some big prong. And the gates. So you guys uh, are so generous, and God did a lot of things through your generosity, not only here, but in other countries as well. And I just wanted to share also that, um, let's see, our attendance from last year is now 400, an average of 475 a week. Last, That's a growth of a difference of 92. So our our church attendance has grown an average by 92 people a year. And this year, salvations and rededications uh, were 170 more than last year. And we had 19 more people get baptized than last year. So last year we had 44, this year 63. And this year we had 48 more families um, than last year. Last year we had 84 new families attend, this year 132. So we are growing. God is doing a great thing, and he's doing it. We need to recognize that it's by his might and by his power. So I want to just speak to kind of what God has done and, and what we believe uh, that he's going to do going forward. Um, and with you know all those things that we just went through, our, our response should be to rejoice, and just celebrate what God has done. Psalms 126, 1 through 3 says, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. And that word for glad, it, it, it means a whole lot more than, Oh, that, that's nice. I'm, I'm glad. It actually means... Uh, the, the Hebrew word is semea, and it means to be of rejoicing, to be joyful, to be celebrating. So we should be celebrating everything that God has done. It shouldn't just be when we go through these numbers and we see that 
645 people either for the first time or to rededicate their lives uh, to Jesus. And she, oh, yeah, a little golf clap. That, that was great. No, it should be, that's, that's the thing to rejoice about when 63 people decided to get baptized. We should rejoice. That is amazing. We should say, God, you are so good. We're so thankful that you did this. And so we should rejoice in what God has done. Um, Psalm 75, 1 says, We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks for your name is near. We recount your wondrous deeds. And there's like so many things that God did here in this last year. And we should try to remember them and celebrate them. So on your notes, we need to remember the great deeds God has done. So how do we do that? Because a lot of times in life, things that God has done can get lost and we get kind of tunnel vision and are only focused on uh, the predicament or the things that are happening right in front of us. So we're going to go through uh, some scripture here. And uh, there was one thing that uh, the children of Israel uh, did, or actually Joshua told them to do, as they came finally out of the wilderness and were crossing the Jordan River into the promised land. And God took them into the promised land the same way that he took them through the Red Sea on dry ground. And um, he parted the waters of the Jordan River and it was, this was actually during a time of, of flooding, so it wasn't like a trickle. It was flowing heavily. And God parted the rivers of the Jordan River, and Israel walked across on dry ground into the promised land. And it says here in Joshua 4, 1 through 7, that when all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take 12 stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. So the priests, they, they were told to actually walk into the Jordan River first. And when they, the priests carrying the ark, and when they had come to the edge of the Jordan River and just began to set their toes on the edge of the waters when the waters parted, and then they walked and they stood in the middle of the river while the rest of Israel walked through. And so Joshua then tells them, go grab stones from where the priests stood. And then Joshua called the 12 men from the people of Israel whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder according to the number of tribes of the people of Israel. That this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, what do those stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. So we should do something to help us remember the things that God has done. And this is what Joshua is saying. Hey, we should not forget this. Like, we need to set up a monument that helps us remember what God did. 
I think this floor is a monument that we get to walk on every week. Uh, just a little, little bit of what God did. Driving into the parking lot, enjoying the kitchen. Well, help us remind, remember what God did this last year. But he says, set up these 12 stones so that you remember how you came into the promised land, how I brought you from the, the wilderness into the promised land on dry ground through the Jordan River so that you won't forget and so that your kids will be able to see and be like, hey, what's that about? And you'll be able to tell them the story of what God did. When I was in college, I had a class, one class that I took that didn't require a whole lot of attendance. One day was was a lecture day where you had to go and, and listen. The next day was a lab day where you actually did all your work and, and where everything was graded on. And so after two weeks, I figured I didn't need to go to the lecture day. I could just go to the lab day and do all the work because I knew how to do it. And so I did that through the whole uh, uh, semester. And the final was actually just something you did online too. So I, I did the final, I submitted it, and I, I got a good grade and I passed. But for five or six years after I had graduated college, I had a, and I'm sure nobody's ever done this, I had a nightmare where I woke up and I was like, I failed that class, I missed the final. <laughs> I never graduated. But then I would remember, wait a second, no, I, I, I did pass that class, I did graduate, I have the diploma sitting on my nightstand. <laughs> And it was actually encouraging me to, to have that, that uh, degree sitting on my nightstand. No, it's there. I have it. It helps me remember that I actually did the work and I graduated. So we should do some things in our life as well to help us remember the good things that God has done for us as a church, but also for you personally, what God has done for you personally this last year. I encourage you guys to... Uh, journal the things that God has done. Write it down so that you can go back to it and remember what God has done, especially in times when you're in, in times of um, trial and, and hardship. You can go back, okay, okay, wait, God did good things back then. He did this in my life. And you can, uh, it gives you courage or strength faith that God is going to do it again it's encouraging for me to go back and sometimes we feel like man I just feel like I haven't changed a lot but if you write these things down I've gone back and looked at some of the things that I wrote down about what God did uh, for me did in me did through me and I'm just like okay yeah I I am different God has done a lot of things so I encourage you guys to journal and write things down that God has done. Write the things that God has spoken to you, done in your life, and in your friends' and family's life as well, so that you don't forget. And that you, and it's not just for you. It's for that you can tell your kids and your grandkids and your family, this is the, these are the good things that God has done. Because when you share the good things that God has done in your life, it builds the faith of others as well. Another thing that we need to remember is that we need to remember all of God's promises of blessing and of warning. So after they crossed the Jordan River, God led the people of Israel into a couple of battles. 
into the, well, the Battle of Jericho. Really wasn't a battle. <laughs> they marched around the tent town a few times, as many as God asked them to, and then the walls came crumbling down and they took the city. And then after that, they went to the town of Ai and they defeated that town as well. And in Joshua 8.34, after they had, they had uh, God had given them these victories, this is what Joshua does in Joshua 8.34-35. through He says, And afterward, he read all the words of the law, the blessing and the curse, according to all that is written in the book of the law. There was not a word of all that Moses commanded that Joshua did not read before all the assembly of Israel and the women and the little ones and the sojourners who lived among them. So he read everything that God had told Moses to write down, the blessing and the curse. So what were those things? We're going to go back to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 30, 15 through 20. It says, See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways, and by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. God has surely blessed this house. He has done a great work. Verse 17, But if your hearts turn away, and you will not hear, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life, that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice, and holding fast to him. For he is your life and length of days, that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. So we need to remember the blessing and the warning. And we need to remember that he sets before us the decision of life or death. He gives us free choice. He gives us a free will to choose. Are you going to choose me? Or are you going to choose the world? I set before you blessing, but I also set before you the decision blessing, or curse. Live according to my will, and you will be blessed. Go back to worshiping other gods, pursuing the things of the world, and you are not going to have length of days. But it's our decision. We need to remember how we got here. We need to remember what God did. And remember that it was him who did it. We didn't do this on our own. Not by our good schemes, not by our, our good practices, our, our good classes. It was by the power of God. And seeking his face and asking him, God, what, did it, what is it that you want us to do? Whatever you say, we will do. And because of that, and because of that humbleness and surrender to him... 
He does a good work. And he builds. And he prospers. All of this, if we did under our own power, it would have failed. So he sets before us life and death. And he gives us that choice. And he says, choose me. He says they're right there. says, so choose life. He says, I've set these before you. And now I'm imploring you, please choose life. Choose me. God gives us warnings for our benefit so that we would make the right decision, that we would choose him. A couple years after I graduated, or maybe a year after I graduated, I went back home to live for a year or two, I can't remember how long, before I actually got married and moved out of my parents' house for good. (laughs) They celebrated, but um, while I was there, my brother was still living there, and I remember we went, my parents live off in the country a little ways, and we went back behind my parents' house, and there was this old swing that me and my brother used to swing on, And so we climbed up this little hill, and it kind of swung out over this hill. And I was like, oh, it's still here. So, And it was this rope with a a branch tied in the middle that you could use as a handlebar, and you swing out. And I was like, oh, this is going to be so fun. And it takes me back, and my brother looked at it, and he's like, I don't know if that's safe, bro. I was like, oh, no, it'll be fine. It's fine. I, like, gave it a tug, and I was like, it was good. And... I swung out on it, and it was great. It it was working perfectly until I got to the very apex of the swing. And then the the branch I was holding on snapped. (laughs) It was about a 15-foot drop down into some brambles. Luckily, all I got was some bumps and bruises. But I remember as I was swinging out on it, and it snapped. I was like, my brother was right. I should have heeded his warning. (laughs) There's times in our life where God will give us some warnings where he will say, hey, don't do that. Don't go that way. Go this way. Pursue me instead. Don't pursue the things of the world. Don't get distracted. Don't get bogged down. Don't continue down that path. Go after me. Pursue me. Spend more time with me. You're not going to be disappointed. I think, uh, was it a couple weeks ago, I was like, God is not boring. You're not going to be disappointed by going after God, by pursuing him. You're not going to miss out. You will miss out on him and the good things that he has if you get distracted and start pursuing the things of the world. Oh, but there's some great shows that, you know, are just everybody's talking about right now. And if I don't, I'm going to miss out. And that's what the world wants you to think. And that's what Satan wants you to think, that you're going to miss out. There's this whole thing of fear of missing out. FOMO, yes. Fear of missing out. And the world wants to pull you into its deception. But what you're really missing out on is God's blessing. And you're really being sucked into death and curse when you're forsaking what God has for you. And so God will give us warnings. Excuse me. Give us warnings and be like, hey. And sometimes it's little nudges. Sometimes it smacks across the face. Sometimes it's broken branches down into brambles. (laughs) 
My brother likes to bring that one up. Remember, remember when I was right? <laughs> yes, I remember. <laughs> so remember, we need to remember how we got here. It was by seeking God. And so we need to remember to continue to seek him. This church will only continue to grow. You will only continue to grow as a person if you continue to pursue God. Not to do things your way or the world's way. Another thing that we need to remember, after we remember all these things, remember that, uh, remember what God did, remember the blessing, the warning, remember it's our decision of life or death. We need to remember also that we are not finished. Joshua 13, 1 through 6 says, Now Joshua was old and advanced in years. And this is after they had been uh, in the promised land for a while and, and um, had many, many victories. It says, Now Joshua was old and advanced in years. And the Lord said to him, You are old <laughs> and advanced in years. Now even though he was old and advanced, he was still strong. But he says, there remains yet very much land to possess. This is the land that yet remains. All the regions of the Philistines and all those of the Geshurites from the Shehor, which is east of Egypt, northward to the boundary of Ekron. It is counted as Canaanite. There are five rulers of the Philistines, those of Gaza, Ashdod, Ashkelon, Gath, and Ekron. And those of the Avim in the south, all the land of the Canaanites and Merah that belongs to the Sidonians, to Aphek, to the boundary of the Amorites and the land of the Jebelites, Gebelites, and all Lebanon toward the sunrise, from Baal Gad below Mount Hermon to Lebo Hamath, all the inhabitants of the hill country from Lebanon to Misrafath, this almost sounds like lands in, in uh, Lord of the Rings, no. <laughs> Even all the Sidonians, I myself, <laughs> thank you guys, but listen to this. I myself will drive them out before the people of Israel, only allot the land to Israel for an inheritance as I have commanded you. So God says to Joshua, I've done a lot of things through you guys. Because you guys have been surrendered and submissive. A lot of great victories have been won. A lot of land has been taken. A lot of land has been taken from the enemy and it is now in the possession of God. But there's still much to do. It's not finished. He says, Joshua, it's not finished. There's still all these areas that need to be taken. And God told them, he's like, hey, you are to go into this land and completely... Um, completely drive out and and destroy all these um, inhabitants. And so there was still much to do. This church has existed now, what are we, in 16 years? Did we just celebrate our 16th? 16th year? So in 16 years, look at what God has done. I think we started as 
50 people in attendance. Well, it really started as a group of 10 people in a living room. And it has grown to this, where we now have an average attendance of 475 people. So amazing. But we can't get complacent. We can't get comfortable or satisfied with where we're at because there's still work to be done. We still have land to conquer. There are still unsaved people in Grace Harbor, yeah? Do any of you still have unsaved family members, friends, co-workers that live here in Grace Harbor? So there's still work to do. This area has still got strongholds that we need to overcome, that we haven't seen victory in yet. I believe we're in the process of seeing that happen, but we need to continue in faith to work and strive. This area still battles with depression, addiction, poverty, divorce, physical and sexual abuse, homosexuality, gender confusion, bitterness, unforgiveness, sickness and disease, and this are just a few, that some of the things that Grace Harbor still struggles with. And these are not just merely human problems. These aren't just human conditions. These are spirits. These are demonic strongholds that um, the enemy has held here in Grace Harbor. And they represent, actually, um, are represented uh, by many of the nations that God told um, Joshua and Israel to drive out of Canaan. They told them to drive them out because they were idol worshipers. They worshiped self. They did all kinds of horrible sacrifices and um, all kinds of horrible abuse. And God says, you need to drive it out. Don't let any shred of it last. Continue until the job is finished. So we have all this, these things that I just mentioned. We can't quit until it's finished, until the job is finished. We can't be satisfied until God has completed the work that he wants to do in us and through us. And I, I see here some finishers. I believe that you guys are a bunch of people who are ready and willing to see it through. Ready and willing to do what God is requiring us to do, to see it through that we will see this place free of depression. We will see Grace Harbor set free of addiction, that our streets will be clean, not just because we push the homeless out, but because the homeless get healthy and saved. And that we will see um, prosperity and poverty uh, um, abolished, that we will see that uh, physical and sexual abuse and homosexuality and all these other things, we will see victory over these things. Because I believe God is doing a good work, not just in this church, but in you as well. And he works and he operates through us. So I see, um, I see warriors.
And you need to believe that you are a warrior. And not just a warrior, but I believe each one of you are a finisher as well. So, Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So I believe this morning that is our cause, to not give up. It's not going to be easy. There will be times of hardship. There will be times where it's harder than others and that we need to push through, press forward, and not give up because just at the right time, we will see the victory in these different areas. It's usually at the breaking point, usually at the point of, I feel like, giving up when you're about to attain the victory. So I encourage you to push through the pain. Sorry, this finishing on a low here. Push through the pain, but it's actually a high. Push through the pain, and we will see the victory that God wants to win, not only in your life, but in Grace Harbor over these different things. Tell you that um, after Joshua finally died, went to go be with the Lord, Israel kind of lost its fire or passion or vision to complete the job. And so many of the nations that were not removed remained. And because they remained, they became the stumbling block for Israel. And they were the cause for why they backslid, why they adopted idol worship and fell away from God and ultimately became um, conquered and enslaved and taken away in exile to Babylon and different areas, and Persia and different areas. So we need to continue to be vigilant and push through to the end and not say this is good enough. 475 people, how oh, that's, I'm good with that, that's good enough. No, we continue to push forward for the prize that God has set before us, the prize of his salvation for all of Grace Harbor. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. So just in review, God has done some good things this year, some amazing things for us corporately as a church, but I know for you guys personally as well. And I encourage you to write them down. Write down what God has done so that you can remember them for yourselves and then so you can tell other people, oh, I remember when God did this, when that family member that I've been praying for to come to know Jesus came to know Jesus and got baptized. Write that down so that you can remember. Also, we need to remember how we got here. Remember that it was God that did it by his power, by his grace. And we need to remember 
what he sets before us going into the future. He sets before us the decision of blessing, but he also gives us uh, a warning. Sets before us the blessing if we continue to follow him, the warning that if we don't, there's a curse, that we won't live long, that we won't prosper. And it's our decision. And he says emphatically, so choose me. Don't choose the world. And then we need to remember that we are not finished, that we need to continue with the work that God has set before us and to completely fulfill and finish the work that he has set before us to do. The work in 2023 was just preparatory for the work that he's going to do in 2024. So it's just a stepping stone. So we need to push forward in the things and continue to seek him more in 24, 24 than we did in 2023. And that begins now. Like I said, take some time, fast and pray and pursue God. And if you do, and we continue to, see, continue to go after him, you'll be even more amazed by what he does in 2024 than what he did this last year. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe you're here this morning and you've never actually given your life to Christ. You never decided to say, God, I want to do things your way and uh, never got to experience his blessing, his blessing of joy, peace, encouragement, May you want to make that decision today. And we can add, add you to these amazing numbers. <laughs> the Bible says that when one decides to come to know Christ, all of heaven rejoices. Rejoices. It's not just a, a golf clap. <laughs> but all of heaven rejoices. They stand to their feet and they rejoice. So if that's you this morning... If you want to give your life to Christ or rededicate your life with every head bowed and every eye closed, that's you. Can you just raise your hand so I know who I'm talking to this morning? Thank you. I see that hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? And this is for those online as well. If you want to make that decision, all of heaven rejoices. So let's just say this together today. You can repeat after me. Father God, thank you for sending your son. Jesus to die in my place. Jesus, thank you that you chose to die for my sins. Forgive me of my sins. From this day forward, I, cho I choose to serve you. I want you to be my king, be my Lord, and be my friend. And I'm going to do things your way and surrender to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, that's the best decision that you can make. I'm going to invite our prayer team to come on up as we finish with a song. If you have any prayer requests, please come up, get prayer, and let's finish 2023 with a bang. I know God wants to in your life, so let's just worship and give God all the glory and praise.